Yes, everybody. This is okay. I tried, I tried my best to do the intro, but yeah. I, I screaming my entire lungs out yesterday because I, I coach, but this is the <laughs> DFS Army fantasy football show. We are back for part two of our introduction to the 2024 rookie class. You know him well. He is Brandon Adam, and I am Flex Matt. And last time we got a little, we got a little juiced. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we intended, although we knew we probably weren't going to be able to get through the entire rookie class in one singular pod. We thought we might, and we ended up getting just through our top 10 rookie ride receivers, which, <laughs> in the, which in the short span of four days, five days have already changed due to the senior bowl. Um, yep. But now we we try we traverse into the quarterbacks, running backs, and the tight ends today. Brandon Adam, how are you doing today? How was this weekend for you? Like I said, I I coach high school wrestling. We we moved six no seven on to regionals uh, in our in our tournament, and I always scream my life out because I love these kids and uh, and I care about them. But Brandon, how was your weekend? Good man. Uh, first weekend without kids hockey so we i took the lady my ladies out to for a pow day we got about over foot foot and a half of uh fresh powder up here in colorado so took them out had a good time yesterday as we get into these rookies uh the wide receivers like i said we already did on part one if you wanted to start there you can go back to the last previous pod on the dfs army podcast sphere you can catch that anywhere uh you can go follow like us at the Flex Network One at DFS Army, DFS Army, we win life-changing money, and it's not even funny. I mean, we just do. And if you choose not to follow us, then you are wrong. Mm -hmm. Every time you are absolutely wrong. We won the million dollars a couple years in a row, a couple different events. PGA won the million dollars at the U.S. Open last year. Um, Brandon Adam, I know as we get into the quarterbacks, it seems like we have a very secure number one, just like, it, you know, we also have a very secure number one wide receiver. And I know you being a USC guy, I, I love USC, um, but why don't we go ahead and talk about our favorite quarterback of the year for both of us. That is one Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams. He's him. Um, we've been waiting for him for a while. Special, special talent. Um, what makes him different is the fact that he is the most creative player in college football. Um, he is not the most athletic for sure, but he has a different kind of special pocket awareness um, that you can't teach. Um, you can't teach his escapability, um, his ability to get away from the rush. And by God, if you watch any USC games, we you know for a fact our offensive line, that offensive line was garbage. <laughs> um, he, I don't think Caleb Williams had a game where he wasn't completely under siege and he had to make make things happen with his legs. And um, he's 6'1", 215. He's not overly big. He's not a six foot four like a Drake May, um, but he is 6'1", 215 solid. I expect him to run in the somewhere in the neighborhood of hopefully underneath the four five, but I think he's, I think he's sneaky at changing gears, which makes him look faster than he really is. Um, but I, I can't wait to see his 40 and what he's able to do at the combine. But this kid, if he came out of Oklahoma, he, he, his first year in college football was at Oklahoma. And then he transferred out to USC. 
um, once uh, Riley went out to USC. And last year was his worst year at USC. I'll say that. In 2022 was his best year in college football where he had 389, uh, where he had 389 uh, uh, pa- pa- uh, pass attempts. And he was able to you know, really locked down. That's where he kind of came into superstardom was in 2022 in college football. Um, Last year, he just wasn't as good, but he also lost himself quite a bit of weapons in the Drake London. Um, Amon Ra uh, was his, uh, what? well, he wasn't there when Amon Ra was there, but Drake London left and you could tell he was missing a big time weapon on the outside. Uh, Jerry Rice's son wasn't quite, Drake London um, this last year. And so he definitely was struggling with some of that uh, adjustment, but this kid, it is everything that you want as a number one uh, player coming out of college and his a dot his a dot. The one thing I love about him is no often no play action. His a dot was at 10.3 average yard uh, depth of target was at 10.3. With play action, it was only at 7.5. I would have expected it to be higher, but because of the fact that he didn't have the weapons in 2023 that he had in 2022, um, his ADOT did drop down a little bit overall from a 9.8 to 9.2 in 2023. So I just think this kid has it all. His rushing ability is uncanny Um, around the end zone. He really knows how to kind of, he just knows how to make those linebackers bite, and he is so he I, he runs like a snake almost. He kind of really he knows how to weave in and out of traffic and get in the end zone, and that is the biggest thing I'm looking at. It is a bonus for him is that I know that he's six one. He's not this prototypical size of a Josh Allen um, or anything like that, but this kid is gonna be able to finish inside the red zone with his legs and. That's that's special stuff. What he was able to do. just throw on the Notre Dame tape from last year, and you're going to see everything that we're talking about with the un, with the off platform throws, with the off speed throws. He knows how to change ball speed off of this off of his hand, off the release, and he really knows how to do that well. Um, better than everybody in this class by far, in my opinion. Um, I just think he's just the most creative. But the one con about him is that he is very much an out of he needs to play within the offensive system better better being on time i hope when he gets into the nfl that he finds a coach that he can that and that coach gets him to play within the offense in at usc he was he was he kind of had free will he could he kind of just could do what he wants and you could tell that he really um, didn't trust his offensive line and he kind of just had to go impromptu with a lot, a lot of throws. So uh, I hope he has a better line in, in the NFL and he can kind of be protected and we can f- see that better pocket presence um, from him. But the kid's just special. Like it, 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 he does just special things outside the pocket and you can't coach that stuff. And so that's why he's my number one. He's better than J- uh, Jaden Daniels where in that, in that sense of the off script plays, he can really um, help out any team in the NFL, especially, you know, when you're drafting up top, you're a bad team. So 
you're going to need a guy that can get away from pressure and be able to create. And that is who he is. Um, it's just, we're, we're kind of lucky that he's either going to be going to Chicago or Washington commanders. Both of those teams have some offensive power, offensive weapons to throw to already. So that's kind of nice versus going to a new England where you are starting from scratch. You are literally starting from scratch with that offense. And I pray that he goes to a team that has some offensive power. Yeah, <clears throat> let's uh, let's not get it twisted. You you didn't mean Drake London. Uh, you meant Jordan Addison. So ha, ha, he had Jordan Addison as his primary uh, Jordan, target. Jordan Addison, sorry. Yeah, yeah, and and so when, and you could tell you could tell it definitely dropped off. I mean, it's not so much that the talent he had yeah, at the receiver did. position might not grow to something that's really great yeah. because he had an electric freshman there at USC, mm-hmm. but you can definitely tell. And the same thing happened with Drake May, which we'll get in to talking about yeah. when Josh Downs, when, when Josh Downs left, when Jordan Addison left their, their security blankets completely left. Yep. And, and it's something that we might get to talk about a little bit later, maybe not in this podcast, but maybe in another podcast about Spencer Rattler and Xavier Leggett. I mean, when you have a guy that you trust, if it ends up being a undersized wide receiver, uh, then great. But in Spencer Rattler's case, it ends up being a monster receiver in Xavier Leggett, kind of boosting his stock, uh, which has now fallen since Senior Bowl uh, for Xavier Leggett. But, you know, the thing I, I like to talk about with Caleb Williams, and I think everybody else will talk about it with Caleb Williams, but he is exactly Patrick Mahomes to the T. The way that he plays, the way that he tries to um, be funky, I think. And and that uniqueness at the quarterback position, like you said, it isn't so much about how he needs to be in a system per se, but just that he creates his own system. So where we see the faults in Patrick Mahomes uh, this year is that, okay, well, Patrick Mahomes didn't have Tyreek Hill. Okay, so now he just he, – he blankets – or, or he powder puffs his main target in Travis Kelsey. And then he kind of hopes that other guys will be there for outlets. And Rasheed Rice this year was a great outlet. If they end up drafting another wide receiver, then they can be uh, something that by, by chance go oh. extremely dynamic. But without getting somebody that can actually stretch the field, that can open the, the play up for this guy's arm, I think the negatives on Caleb Williams are that he sometimes scrambles himself into issues or he sometimes yeah, he does you know off scripts himself into issues but that's okay because you would rather prefer Caleb Williams off scripting himself than a guy just taking a sack and not being dynamic which is some the QBs underneath of him at times mm-hmm. um so we love Caleb Williams at one that's a de- definitive number one for us <clears throat> number two um, I think is definitive for us as well. Yep. Now in the NFL, uh, on the actual NFL market, you have some people debating our number three for fantasy as the NFL number one. But I believe that Caleb Williams will be the best fit for fantasy football, just as Patrick Mahomes lit up the entire NFL. I do believe that what you're saying is 100% correct about Caleb Williams are it looks like he is actually going to get the nuts landing spots because we don't look at Chicago and Washington like they are a bad landing spot, um, especially with what Chicago's potentially doing. And Chicago has pick nine as well. Mm. And Mm. so 
we could actually see something crazy go off here where they already have DJ Moore. They've got two competent running backs, um, or at least guys they can throw in there that that mm-hmm. will look good, or high second-round picks if you want to go and get the top running backs, which we'll talk about later on here as well. Yeah. But they could do something crazy where the ninth pick overall this year is is fishing like it could be a Romo Dunze, fishing mm. like it could be uh, – I mean, who knows? I mean, Malik Neighbors fell in, in a last mock that I saw because the Giants decided to – and and this, this draft is going to be really unique and fun to watch and see what happens. So if Caleb Williams goes to Chicago, I'm not too upset about it. He goes to Washington, I'm not too upset about it. But – Here's the issue is our number two guy, Jaden Daniels and, and Jaden Daniels, he, he might get the draw bad spot, you know, which ends up being the NFL QB three, which ends up being the Patriots, which we don't Mm. love for a landing spot, but pre-draft when we're just looking at talent, we love Jaden Daniels. Um, the thing about Jaden Daniels are when you look at the top QBs from last year, you've got Dak Prescott, you've got Josh Allen. Josh Allen's at the top, Dak Prescott. Then you have, uh, give me, sorry, my, my stats thing left here. Okay, so uh, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, um, Jordan Love, then Lamar Jackson. Okay, those are your top five. Jordan Love snuck into the top five this year, um, which is great. Jaden Daniels to me screams he's he's more Jordan Love than he is Lamar in my personal opinion but a combo of the two are are a really nice fit for him <clears throat> in the type of player that he is. You know the yeah. thing about Lamar Jackson and why you kind of why it it's taken Lamar a little bit is because the Ravens team offensively has not been really good you know hollywood brown was first round pick but he was an undersized receiver and that was all they had now what did they have to do well they they did exactly what you would expect to do when you have a guy who you don't really trust his arm and Jaden daniels you know the the problem about him is you look at the stats and if you're a stat chaser on Jaden daniels you think he's phenomenal you think he'd probably be the number one receiver yeah but yeah he has two potential top 15 overall wide receivers on his team who great they're I mean by the way the one of them in any other draft cast would draft class would be like the number one receiver in the entire draft class like not even close yep. so you look at his stats and you think oh wow well why can't this guy be number one well he kind of throws the ball like Lamar <laughs> you know and that's why he- He's a combo yeah. of Jordan and Lamar because I think Jordan's a better passer than Lamar. So Lamar's shortcomings are his passability. But sometimes you see Lamar rocket that ball in places that you think, wow, he's really got some upside here. But it's just not there, and it still needs to grow. And I think that's exactly where Jaden Daniels sits. He has some really great downfield passing opportunities. He has some really good downfield ball placement. He has really good short area ball placement. but he sometimes isn't there, sometimes way off, sometimes inaccurate, but he's got the rushing chops to really take a game over, and that's completely Lamar. You know who – he? He. I think my comp for him is RG3. He has that same whippy release as RG3 did where 
when he has the time to actually load up that and whip his arm like he like he does, they it it there is a no better, prettier deep ball. I mean, it really is beautiful to watch. Um, but when you have that whip in your in your release, those intermediate passes become harder. Um, and those those short area passes become harder. But he did, like you said, he had top talent around him, and it really showed. Um, it really showed. I mean. If if you if you really look at his, I mean, his A dot in twenty twenty three was ten point five, uh, ten point five average depth per target, um, which is higher than Caleb Williams uh, ever was in college football. Um, he came from Arizona State for first three years. Jaden Daniels was at Arizona State. Um, he played okay there. They just and then he transferred out in twenty twenty two. Went to LSU in his first year at LSU. His A dot was only eight point two. Um, and then it jumped all the way up to 10.5, which is a huge thing to me, which means the guy literally just locked in for his last year and just exploded. I mean, 40 touchdowns in 2023 versus uh, in 2022 with LSU only at 17 his first year at LSU. I mean, that is incredible. That 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 just tells you this guy worked his tail off and became a real professional uh, quarterback. And, and this was only on 333 attempts. I mean, 3,332 attempts for 2023. He had 40 touchdowns. That's just absurd. So this kid has unreal upside. If he goes, I pray that somehow he goes to either Chicago or Washington or, and does not go to New England. Maybe New England decides to go get themselves a Marvin Harrison Jr. instead. Um, if he if if they have the choice and they decide to get the for sure lockdown best prospect in this draft, no matter position, and Marvin Harrison, most people consider him the best prospect in the draft. Period. If they decide to go that route and he somehow drops and gets to go to a better offense, a better uh, club, a more fuller um team i i would be very happy about that but Jaden daniels he is my number two as well locked in he is not moving i don't think i'm moving him down i i still haven't decided if he goes to new england i might move him down but if new england goes and signs some somebody like a t higgins they have the money to do it. They can go get a T. Higgins, go get that number one wide out for, for a Jaden Daniels if they decide to go that route. Um, I, I, I'll keep them there. But, yeah, as it sits, it's definitely a knock if he goes to New England. Landing spots do matter, um, especially when you're talking about going to a – I mean, all these – all these top places to land for quarterbacks all have new coaches except for Chicago, which Eberflus was not good. I mean, he really wasn't a great, great head coach last year. Um, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm actually a little worried about him going to New England, but, you know, Shane's, Shane, our boy Shane is probably yelling at his TV uh, screen right now saying, you know, don't, don't talk shit about his Patriots, but it's just, they need some more help, man. They really need some wide receiver help. And I hope that you'll get it in free agency and in this draft because there's so much talent to do it. Um, so let's see, let's hope. But Jane Daniels, my comp for him is RG3. If he tightens up that release a little bit, he can become even better. But, yeah, so I I, I see you, Shane. I get you. Jane Daniels, like, Jane Daniels, to me, is probably the best quarterback for them to draft because he can create on his feet, right? 
He can create bad offense out of it, out of uh, bad plays with just his ability. His his running ability, it, no one is better in college football. And honestly, going into NFL just for the running aspect, I think he's top five. Like, I mean, he he is right there with the big names and the Allens, the Hurts, the Kyler Murrays, the, you know, the guys that we love to watch. This kid has that special knack and ability where he can just create offense by himself. And that is something you can't coach. And it's special. And yeah, I I, I love Jaden Daniels. I'm going to try and get him as much as possible. If he somehow drops to the 104 in your in your uh, drafts, in, in super flex drafts, I would smash the button very quickly. Yeah, I think Jaden Daniels actually fits well in New England just because you you just kind of hit it on the head there at the end that you have to be able to create. Yep. Um, and they have had a guy who has no none of that uh, none. over. I mean, it's never been known for any of that right now. So, yeah, I also I think it's a it's a sneaky spot to because you look at the QBs there that might be on the board and you look at teams behind them that need quarterbacks and, yep. and you're talking about, well, what, <clears throat> what is new England or not new England, New York giants? What are they going to do? <sighs> Could they deal Danny dimes in like a, a, a cheap something or other, uh, J- uh, Justin Fields, same thing. So could the Patriots just cut bait, take a second round pick for Justin Fields and go Marvin Harrison right here? Like you said, that would be awesome, which I think yeah. would completely upgrade the team for a little bit, but they got to spend money awesome. on it, but they probably have the cap. I mean, <clears throat> it's also to become more dynamic at the position to bet on a quarter uh, rookie is, is not necessarily the way to go. It may put butts in the seats for your real hardcore fans. But when you get down to the, the old money that's in new England, they probably would prefer to see wins now than, than to bet on a, a young guy coming up. Go ahead. Last it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see the difference in the, in the way they go about the draft and free agency with no bill Belichick. I'm curious to see how they're going to go because Bill Belichick could not draft a wide receiver for the life of him outside the numbers. He couldn't do it. Uh, he tried. He couldn't do it. He got Nikhil Harry instead of A.J. Brown. Um, that was the biggest miss of all time with wide receiver position in the draft. Um, I just It was just insane to me that they decided to do that when you know A.J. Brown thought he was going to be a Patriot the whole time during the draft process. Um, he's came out about it and said it. Uh, it's just, yeah, I'm I'm actually excited to see what this is going to be the new look Patriots and 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 I hope they decide to go a little new age here. Um, I think they they need to kind of modernize themselves with the with the NFL. Um, they've kind of been behind the times a little bit um, ever since you know because I mean they had the goat Tom Brady and then when he left they had they couldn't figure it out. So they're in they're 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 drafting three for a reason. <laughs> So let's get after it. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just curious to see what they're going to do. It's going to be, yeah, they do Jaden Daniels. He's both our number two rookie quarterback. So I, you know, we, we like it. We could see what happens there, but moving on to three. um, Now is Drake may your three. Yes. Okay. So I feel like I have to put Drake may three. And I don't necessarily want to, I, I think for fantasy football, 
I have a different number three, but I think because he's going to get opportunity and because yeah. he's going to land one or two and because of what we mentioned earlier about how the, the landing spots for Drake may seem to be Washington uh, or seems to be that he's landing at Washington and number two. And we like the Washington receiving core. Also, mm-hmm. we like the position they're in again um, where they could end up drafting a, uh, a really good talented running back that really secures both positions for them instead of using two mid-tier guys to to kind of give you what what you have. I mean Brian Robinson um was a great fantasy running back this year. I mean sneakily. It was good. And and if you put Drake May in that system and then you draft somebody else even at the wide receiver position, um they're going to end up looking a lot better. And the short to intermediate is where Drake May's uh, game really lies. He is a sneaky upside rusher, but all of those North Carolina guys are. And that's kind of what scares me a little bit is the North Carolina guys like the one they already have in the QB spot at Washington have sneaky rushing upside. Do they ever get to use it? Absolutely not. So I'm not really factoring that. I'm going off a, I'm going off a, a mechanics thing with these rankings and then also where they land, which I think is going to be better for the guy that I have um, three now, which is Drake May, but I my sneaky threes coming up here pretty soon that we're going to talk about. But Drake May's velocity, short to intermediate, is untouched. And that's kind of why he ends up being your top two. And in the NFL scheme, he may be the number one QB picked i mean some people believe that he may go over it could caleb. be possible because caleb again doesn't want like, to be in chicago. well doesn't want to be in the chicago that's fine but also because again he kind of schemes himself into trouble sometimes and if the guy thinks sure. he's a superstar and he's like he's like kyler murray and plays maybe he plays veto games i i don't know what he does but maybe you just don't want a guy like that and drake may's got nfl pedigree in his family bloodline and Maybe you just want a guy like that. You want that type of leadership. Um, you know, with Buffalo, when they picked Josh Allen, they they went shoot for the stars with Josh Allen, yep. and then they landed on a star, right? But that's why the other guys went before it. You know, it's like... But they developed him into that star as well. Um, that's like, kind of true, but at the same time, yeah. he's a gunslinger. And sometimes when you oh, sling yeah. the gun, you know, sling the rock, it lands in the right place sometimes. And yeah. it, they built around him, and they got a healthy veteran at the time. His digs has fallen off. But if, they, if Drake May can go into the system where he has... Terry McLaurin, where he has Curtis Samuel, where he has Brian Robinson Jr. right now, where right now they can be a pretty decent football team because you saw what uh what a freaking what's his name did with as the quarterback there last year. I forgot his name off the top of my Sam head. Sam Howell. Sam Howell. The other yeah. UNC quarterback. Yeah, and we love Sam Howell. You know, we we actually really we went out and bought Sam Howell in Dynasty. Heck yeah, we won on that. Yeah. yeah because wow. he was cheap. Now we may yep. be off on it, but Either way, I like Drake May where his shortcomings are is his downfield velocity. His arm strength, low key on the short to intermediate, looks great. And then when he huffs the ball downfield, it does fall short sometimes. Now, the problem is when you go look at his highlights and his film. It's all it deep. Looks, well, no, it, his his deeper passes look like they're coming from the 40 45 into the end zone which that's a 40 yard pass i'm talking about our 50 to 60 yard passes through the air to really hit a guy in stride and 
Admittedly, could that have been a little bit of Tez Walker problems? Well, who knows? We we saw Tez Walker in the senior bowl. He did not come down with any of those long shots, but you throw it up to him because he may have had a step on the guy. So is it Tez Walker? Is it a little bit of Drake May? Well, last year we didn't have a separator. We had Josh Downs and he was electric with him short to intermediate. So you go in, you got Curtis Samuel. He's effective in that position. You've got Terry McLaurin short intermediate and sometimes downfield. I think that's a really good place for him. Uh, But in fantasy football, without being able to use the legs, you got to bet on the touchdowns. I'm that's why I'm putting him behind Jaden Daniels. The one thing that made that the one thing that I didn't, that stuck out to me. So my comps for Drake may are Carson Wentz and Jay Cutler. Um, Car- Carson. The reason I, I dr- comp him to Carson is that a, he holds on to the ball a ton. He gets himself into some bad spots and then he get, takes some sacks. Um, and then he forces throws and then oh, also wait, are we, you talking about, wait, are you talking about Caleb Williams or no, I'm talking about because Drake he does May. the same thing. Caleb does oh, I know. the same thing, but Caleb, but Caleb is electric outside the pocket. Like it's different. It's a different kind of game and player versus a Drake may Drake may is more of a rumbling, bumbling kind of guy. Caleb Williams is literally like, like looking, watching a matador play with bulls. Like he's literally allaying people two, three times in one play. And it's just incredible to watch. Um, that's why he has all, he has more sports center highlights than all these guys. And it's because of that reason. He has a, he has a special ability to move with in and out of the pocket, but with Drake may, my God, dude, when he, when he runs the ball, he gets annihilated at the ends of these runs. He absolutely, he gets dumped on top of his head more than any other quarter back in this class dude if you re-watch some of his runs it is some rough endings to these runs so that reminds me of Carson Wentz and Jay Cutler when Jay would just Jay was a tough SOB the, and Carson Wentz was a tough SOB they're too tough for their own good and that's what kind of Drake kind of reminds me of it's like this kid is tough as nails and he feels like he's got to do it and but man, he really opens himself up to some monster hits. So that is the only thing I kind of see in his game where th- this kid could get, end up getting hurt a lot. But he is 6'4, 220. Like he's a big dude. So he can take some pounding, unlike a Caleb Williams where he's 6'1, 215. Um, and Jaden Daniels, I mean, he's six foot four, you know, 215. So it's just, it's just what it is. But with with D- Daniels versus May, is Daniels is slick as ice, man, when he's running. He doesn't take those hits, period. Um, with Drake, he takes a lot of hits, man, and it scares me. But I, I hear you. He, he he has some great touch with some of the with some of these routes, especially uh, the posts, post routes, uh, up through the seams. He really knows how to throw those balls into the teeth of the defense. Um, I really like that about him. But on the short, on some of these out, on these swing passes, some of these swing passes, he misses them. Um, but you know, it's some, sometimes with these college kids, they end up hitting the hard throws and screwing up the easy ones. So it's just kind of being a kid and not having your brain locked in on those easy throws. But that's just my thing about Drake may is that I'm kind of worried that he's not gonna be able to stay healthy. 
the way he yeah, takes no, hits. I, I get you. I get you. But yeah. that's also the difference between picking him at three in fantasy football instead of one at fantasy football. His sure. rush, his rush upside, his willingness to go out there and get hurt. That's okay for regular football. Right. Um, but at the fantasy, you know, it's the same thing with Justin Herbert, man. We've been seeing oh, him play. It. He's he's rumbling, bumbling. He's big enough guy to go out there and 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 kind of put his body on the line. But when you're playing injured, it's not good for my fantasy football team. Um, and we love uh, uh, Justin Herbert. We love him. Absolutely love him. And and he's often comped to Drake May, but I think that that's disrespectful because Justin Herbert can stand flat-footed on the goal line and huff at 65 yards. Drake May just ain't doing oh, it. Yeah. So for sure. Our number four quarterback, I think we're also in consensus here, that it's big – I mean, maybe not – but my fourth quarterback is Big Penix Energy, my guy, Michael Penix. Um, and this week at the Senior Bowl, it has 100% solidified him, in my personal opinion, as the QB4. Um, <clears throat> Bo Nix is probably the top follower coming out of the Senior Bowl. Mm. Apparently, well, that's what the, the news is. Uh, Penix did look good, but there's only two good QBs at the senior bowl. So the exactly. problem is, everybody, everybody was staring at those two the whole day. <laughs> yeah. So I don't disagree that Penix ha didn't have a like decent senior bowl, but when you're standing right next to the guy, uh, Michael Penix, and then also not throwing as well as Michael Penix, then you actually get to the yeah. game and play. Now he did have a touchdown, but there was a couple throws that uh, you, you just didn't love. And so the yeah. thing about it is now we're back to this rushing upside, which we just decided to take the rushing upside and one, two over Drake may, but now we're at the point where I think I'm taking the arm of yeah. Penix and yeah. the fact that he, he, you know, a lot of people talk about, Oh, well, uh, Penix got pressured in the in the championship game, and and because he got pressured, he didn't deal with it. And then he gets the senior bowl. Maybe sometimes he didn't deal with the pressure very well. So that's that's a, a knock on him. Well, let me tell you about pressure. Mm. He beat the Oregon Ducks two times in a row. The Oregon Ducks was a much better football team collectively. Yes, hundred percent. Going to going in to play Texas, which you will now see. You're not going to see D linemen from Michigan or at least very many of them being drafted in the first round. You will see a defensive talent from Texas being drafted in the first round, or at least you should by the time it's all said and done. The pressure was there all the way through getting to the championship game, not to mention he was in the Heisman race again with Jaden Daniels, who had already fallen off. So yeah, not only do you have to go out there and try to win the game for your team, try to win the game to prove you're a better you know, you have a better draft stock uh, in you in you than Bo Nix going against him two times in the year. Then you have to go and prove to try to win the Heisman on top of that. And all of that pressure, he did not succumb to it. He moved his team on to the national championship game. Um, Romo Dunze was open. Penix missed it a couple times, so I don't disagree, but I do think that Penix is getting better, and I think it's just like with C.J. Stroud is Penix does have rushing upside. He's probably not going to unleash it until his second contract just so that we can get this money, and I think his deep ball is absolutely unreal. It I mean, it's it, Russell Wilson unreal. And I say that because Russ wasn't known for his deep ball. I mean, it's not, I mean, he was known 
for being a gritty, tough guy that can launch the ball. But it wasn't like people were looking at Russell Wilson as the best deep ball quarterback of the class with no. Andrew Buck and RG3. Turns out he was. He was slinging teardrops all year long, taking his team to the Super Bowl. And you watch Penix throw the deep ball, they're freaking lobby teardrops that fall right into place. Yep. It is better than Patrick Mahomes. Te long ball. I, I believe that. The problem is, is he going to be able to throw that ball in the NFL? That's soon to be seen. Also, landing spot's going to decide that. Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw that deep ball right now because he has no Tyreek Hill. But you look at Tua, and you saw some deep ball accuracy from Tua. You get him with the best deep ball receiver in the league, and he looks great this year. So give me yeah. Penix at 400%. Okay. Yeah, I I, I, I have for, I have like a 4A, 4B with Bo. It just depends on what the offense you're looking to run. If you're looking to run more of a spread, you're probably going to go Bo. But if you're running more professional, you know, under the center, I think uh, Penix is kind of the, kind of the guy. Um, he, his, his stroke – is Stroud-esque. Um, he reminds me a lot of Stroud of last year. Um, that's how I view him. Um, so if the only thing with me is this. His injury history is large and deep. That's the biggest thing with, with uh, Penix is he's been beat up throughout college football. So if, if a team is worried about that, he could drop because of that. But in fantasy football, we're kind of like, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of injury agnostic in a way. It, it just depends. But with 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 quarterbacks, I'm willing to take more of a chance with guys that have been injured in college versus other like versus like a, a running back. If a running back is constantly getting injured in college, I'm not big into him in the NFL. But with with uh, Penix, this guy, like you said, he does it all. Intermediate deep ball. Roman Dunzier. I mean, his deep ball to Rome. Was uncanny that the the, the time and the chemistry un unmatched. The, the chemistry was unbelievable, and so I just love the way he spins it deep. And you're, you're right, I I I'll 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 be with you. Four is Penix for sure. Um, but I was worried. Uh, I I was kind of watching Bo Nix. I was watching Bo Nix's tape, and I really like his tape a lot. He's very accurate. He gets the ball in stride for his wide receivers to hit yak ability. Um, he puts his wide receivers in good position to gain more yards. That's the biggest thing in the NFL, in the new age NFL, is can you get the ball in a place where these guys can get the ball and keep going downfield? If you're a guy like, I don't know, here's, here's a name, Desmond Ritter, where you're literally throwing a guy to stop his route and stop his movement, you are not going to succeed the NFL. Uh, Bo Nix does that quite well. Penix does that quite well. Um, but Penix is bigger. Um, it's two inches taller, big stronger ass hands, ten, stronger arm. He just does does a little bit better. Uh, okay, I just so, I'm just worried so about the injury stuff. Let's cool. secure Penix at four. It's, sure. It seems like we're divided at five. So you you can go ahead since you're already talking about Bo Nix. I have Bo yeah. Nix at six. So and I believe yeah. that you probably have my five at six. So yep. let's just at least talk about Bo Nix at five. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Bo Bo's. If you watch. Any big time football games that this guy is him and Troy Franklin had something a, a chemistry that was very, very tangible and real that you could see through the screen. This guy was throwing people open in windows that you know 
you really got to throw a dot in there. But like you said, his arm isn't as strong, so the deep ball wasn't as prevalent in that offense. But, man, he can really throw those intermediate routes. He can really throw uh, people in tight windows up close to uh, within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage. He really knows how to do that. Um, my comp for him, he just – he reminds me – he's not – I'm not saying he's this guy, finished product guy yet, okay? I'm not saying this. But he has the same kind of stroke as a Drew Brees, okay? He has that kind of similar uh, power to his arm. Drew was not the strongest arm quarterback coming out of the college as well. Um, this this is what he can grow into. But he is 6'1". He came in a little smaller than he was listed at as Oregon at the Senior Bowl, an inch shorter. So he's 6'1", not 6'2". Um, that is something that, you know, all these a lot of these players are happening. This is happening all across the board, but I just like Bo Nix a lot, man. I think he, he can really run an offense. He's a good leader. The kid has some grit to him. He takes big hits. Um, he, he really waits people out. He knows how to read, uh, first read to third read. He really knows how to do that. He, he had, he really had control of his offense. That's the way I can kind of describe him. He had real complete control of his offense. He knew where people were before the actual play even was snapped. Um, you could really tell that he had a good control of how he plays the game. But I know I know where you're going uh, for five, so go ahead with your five. Yeah, well, <clears throat> so this is this is why I I don't like Bo Nix. Troy Franklin, Bucky Brooks, or not Bucky Brooks, <laughs> Bucky Irving, <laughs> Bucky Irving. Um, it, it, the the best center in all of college football, who is soon to be a Seahawk here soon, hopefully. And you couldn't get the job done. And mm. so my whole thing is won if, a lot of games. Won a lot of games, sure. I mean, he's also been in college football for five years. Okay, so, yeah. so and he's next? he's had an up and down career. He didn't have a consistently up career until he ended up with talent that was top five at both running back, you know, offensive line and receiver. And still, again, couldn't get it done. He's a, he's a guy that, in my opinion, just can't get it done. He is not Brock Purdy. I mean, you would hope that he mm. would be Brock Purdy, but he's not. He's not Brock Purdy. So the only upside to Brock Purdy coming out, but go ahead. Yeah, maybe coming out, but he's not Brock. I mean, that's the difference. Is is he might be a better prospect, but he's not going to live up to that, in my opinion. I and yeah. maybe he is good. Maybe he's Daniel Dimes, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Danny Dimes, but where I'm not okay is betting on getting Danny Dimes, and I don't want Danny Dimes. I want somebody who might grow to be Brock Purdy, who sure. might grow to be better than Brock Purdy. Maybe um, he can run better than Brock. I know that. Uh, Bo can run. I agree. So he I can, agree. He can and that's yeah. in fantasy football. That's great. But this year, you saw Brock Purdy ascend to that six or seven overall QB with very little rushing upside. I mean, he has getaway ability, but he doesn't. He's not a rushing quarterback. But that's why I love JJ McCarthy. I I think JJ McCarthy has a mind for the NFL, unlike Bo Nix. And when you play with Harbaugh and Harbaugh praises you so much, well, Harbaugh's a former NFL quarterback. He wasn't good, but Harbaugh knows how to coach 
good QBs or, or at least middling QBs to high performance QBs, which is Colin Kaepernick. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I forget if he coached Jimmy G or if he was out of there by no, the or not. So, but, but my whole point is mid tier QBs succeed under Harbaugh, but they also learn the game and they understand the game. And that's why Colin Kaepernick, I mean, if the, the whole like, movement didn't happen Colin would probably still be playing you probably would be on a Geno Smith level thing the difference is people slight JJ McCarthy because he didn't get it done in the national championship game against TCU fine because he's only rattled three through only 12 passes in the national championship game against Washington fine but why knock the guy the scheme the schemes a rushing rushing team i mean again you look at geno smith and it's like well he's only asked to throw you know x amount of times so and maybe games were throwing more but we're a rushing team we're running on second down no matter what we're not passing the ball so can jj pass the ball well if you go back and look at <clears throat> ohio state there's there's a clip that you have of jj mccarthy in this clip i would like everybody to go and watch and see right now but there's a play where Roman Wilson is is taking it's a it's like a post it's a post he's an inside post uh I think he's on he's lining it probably as like the tight end or something I, I think it's Roman Wilson but anyways inside and he's posting out um he noticed in the on tape that the safety the second that he decides he's going to run with the post he absolutely turns his back runs with the post JJ McCarthy has the nut sack to throw the ball on a fucking rope. I'm telling you, I'm getting uh, emotional about this. That's why I'm cussing. But throws it on a rope. He literally throws it at the defender's back. If the defender doesn't do exactly what he saw on tape, the ball is intercepted. Absolutely. And it literally looks, the ball looks like it's going to nail the safety in the back plate of his chest pads. But it actually just goes to the exact perfect window where the safety was, where the receiver meets it, in between both the the uh, manned-up corner and the safety. In this little spot, perfect on a dime touchdown. The other thing, there's a drive, the very first drive of the national championship game. Now, some people think that Harbaugh is also a very cocky, coach i think we all know that about him which is why some people don't like harbaugh but in the very first drive of the national championship game against tcu uh jj mccarthy gets the team all the way to the goal line then the goal line plays they ran the philly special they ran they freaking ran inside plays on a nine-man box two or three times on second down or something like that it ends up being that JJ has the vision enough to skedaddle out of there when he sees pressure. What's really nice about JJ, and I think I'm um, I almost put JJ at three. This is yeah. really what I'm trying to say here for next level NFL. Right off the snap, JJ has a scan that's going on in his mental mindset. But I have not seen anybody in my film review of this entire class that has been able to scan and have the awareness of the rush. JJ's awareness of the rush 
is so next level, it's unreal. The second he realizes in two seconds he's going to be in trouble, he's out of there. And what's really nice about this play is he gets out of there, runs all the way around with his feet, and almost starts with the heart that he has to get out of there into the end zone to give his team a shot. The, the left end comes from all the way across the field to save the touchdown on the goal line. And it's just the heart that this kid has. And he's getting better. He's 6'3", 200, so he's a little undersized. Uh, I want to say maybe like 202 or something like that. But he can run, and he's getting better at it. And his his NFL mindset is there. He does read defenses. Sometimes he locks on his single, um, his single receiver. But the way he does it in movement is – it's so tough because some people say, well, you, if you lock on your primary receiver, that's giving the defense a tell. Understandable. I understand that. But if you're locking on the defense or if you're locking on your offensive player because you've already read the defense so well that you know exactly where this ball is going to go <clears throat> pre-snap, the only good position pre-snap because your film study is that good that's the stuff that I'd love to see in my, and he wins. He wins yeah, games. You. He gets himself in there. Something Bo Nix can't do. Something Michael Penix didn't do. I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw, I'm just going to throw one. I'm going to throw one number at you. Okay. Or right, one, one category, which is percentage of dropbacks that have, have that are percentage of pressures that turn into sacks. Okay. For JJ McCarthy, that was 16.8% of the time. For Bo Nix, that was only seven point two percent. Let me tell you why. So that's why. I like that. I mean that. But but it, but I'm just saying this. That do you know who has the highest percentage in this whole class? It's it's Caleb Williams with twenty three percent. So it's just things can happen when you don't have a a line around you. Uh, the offensive line around Bo Nix was better. I'll I'll say that right now. Um, he, it was better. So much it, better. It, much better. I get the that. Talent, but, the talent, yeah. much better. Yeah, but I'm just saying he operated within that talent. He could have got more out of it, but he was only there for two years at Oregon. But in his first year at Oregon, it wasn't that great, to be honest. Um, it it he he literally went 71 percent completion rate. In his second year, he jumped all the way up to 77 percent completion rate. But you're, we're talking about an Oregon offense where everything is short. We, we know this, okay? We know this. Um, if you look at his ADOT, 6.8, that's the lowest of all these guys for Bo Nix at 6.8 uh, yards for average depth of target versus, you know, J.J. McCarthy, he's right up there almost at 10, 9.8. It's more pro, pro under center, pro-style offense, and it shows. It's just It just depends on what direction and where these guys are going. Who gets these guys? Are they drafting for their system or are they drafting the, you know, just based off talent or whatnot? But for me, if JJ goes to the right spot, um, I think I can move him above Bo for sure. But I, as of right now, I'm, I'm putting Bo up above him. But I get you. I, I just wasn't in love with how he looked in the national title game, man. He looked nervous. He looked rattled for almost three quarters of the game, man. And, and that's what he didn't settle in, in the national title game to me. Hey, he, let me he, tell really you, got, he got lucky because he had Blake Horn. Like yeah, Blake well, took so much off you, his play. Let me tell you who also didn't look good in the national championship oh, game. 
Bo Nix because he wasn't Bo- there. Okay. Oh, I got you, but you know, it doesn't matter. That's, that's, that's a team one thing. Game, like, you're acting game. like we're talking about individual talent. We're not talking yes. about but this is what, I'm what trying to teams say. around you. Yeah, but like, JJ's a winning Oregon's, quarterback. For two years in a, a row, he, he had, had tough, coach. stiff competition with less around him. The, the Pac-12 you, is better than the Big Ten, dude. Roman, I'm just, no, no. I'm talking yeah. about the defenses faced in the Pac-12 versus the defenses faced in the Big Ten. We're talking Penn State. We're talking Ohio State. It's not close. It's not close. But but I don't disagree the offensive capabilities of Bo Nix. I just wish that he could have done more with them. But Penix did. Penix did make it. That's why we got Penix at four. We've got a little bit of device. Yeah, Penix. Or, or we got a little bit of decisions at five, but that's okay. We're talking pre-draft. So we're deep in the pre-draft. tooth here. I don't know if you want to stop at QBs or do a quick run through with stop. their RBs because, okay, we're we're going to go ahead and stop. We 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 did this again, Brandon. I don't know wow. how we do this. I just this. I, I think it's because this class does deserve. It's deep. Um, it, it's deep, and it does deserve a little bit of 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 more juice. Actually, you know what? Let's finish. Let's just real do it quick. fifteen minutes. It'd be Hold fast. on. Let's finish real quick with just maybe the tight ends. Yeah, I let's think. just knock out. And the then tight let's ends, leave. Let's leave the core of the running back. So, quickly with the tight ends, we all know this about Brock Bowers. Okay, Brock Bowers. They've they've mentioned about him for quite a long time um, that he was coming up and he was going to be the best tight end prospect that has ever lived, next mm-hmm. to Kyle Pitts. I agree. I 110,000% agree that he is the best uh, tight end prospect because I don't think that Pitts's block ability is anywhere near what Brock's is. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think Brock is the receiver that um, that Pitts is, but I think he's a much better talent all the way around at the tight end position. It's kind of funny because you throw on tape – uh, of a receiver on the opposing team playing Georgia, right? And yep. I think it was Devontae Walker when I was watching the uh, Kent State uh, against uh, Georgia where Devontae Walker had a, a phenomenal uh, game. And the very first play of the game was a freaking uh, a handoff to Brock Bowers for 50 yards. And I'm just <laughs> like, wow, Pitts is never used in this type of ability scheme anything so brock bowers in my personal opinion is absolutely uh number one do you have something to say about brock bowers no i i just think i i don't have anything to say about the prospect i just have this the i have a, i have something to say about where you got to talk take him to get him um you're gonna have to spend a, a heck of a high pick to get him um in rookie mock drafts so if you believe he's going to end up getting a large target share as a rookie, which he could get that with the Chargers, your your dream scenario is Chargers, right? Uh, Herbert with Harbaugh, Brock Bowers. That's what you're hoping, right? Um, that that that's what that's what everybody else, everybody's hoping. We know that Jim Harbaugh loves to to focus on the tight end position. Um, I, I I have a I have a I'm moving away from drafting Brock Bowers. I'd rather trade out, trade the pick, um, and get value that way and be able to get somebody more established within the tight end ranks. But I get it, man. Brock Bowers is a monster. He's going to be a monster. I just don't know if I want to 
make the decision to take them where you're going to have to take them. You're going to have to probably take them at 106, um, 10, you know, 106, 107 um, depends if, if it's super flex. If it's super flex is 106, 107. Um, if it's so you're not, saying then- based on your rankings, which you had Marvin neighbors and then Romo Dunze. So at 106, so we're going Caleb Daniels, Drake may, Neighbors, Marvin, that's five. So you're saying the decision that you're having it's to Rome make or him. is Rome or him. Yeah. So what you want is pick seven. If you, if it really, because yeah. so oh, wait, so, okay, let's say you have pick seven. So you're going to go Troy Franklin, Michael Penix, or Brock Bowers. Mm-hmm. Or Bo Nix, or Bo Nix, depending on what you want, right? Yeah, depending sure. on landing spots, or let's say this could even, you know, where would Brock Bowers have to go for you to pick him at seven, or are you not picking him at seven, no matter where he goes? There's a couple teams where I have to take him, so I'm, I think 107 is totally fine to take him there. I just won't take him over Rome. I just won't do it. I'm not okay. going to do it. I'd rather have the wide receiver position. Um, Troy, like we talked about, Troy's a tier below Rome for me. Um, he's in, he's in that tier below and, and Brock is in his completely other tier. Like he's just compared to Jatavion Sanders. He's in a tier completely different than this guy, than that guy. So for me, I would much rather take the wide receiver at 107 or 106, uh, Rome, and then sw- hopefully swing back around and go target myself at Jatavian Sanders in the second round and get that freak athlete that, you know, he, he's a monster. Sanders is a monster in, in his own right. He can, he can definitely, uh, get that yak ability. He has a lot of speed at his, uh, height, weight, and speed. Um, I'm excited to see him in the combine. I want to see what he runs compared to a, a, uh, a Brock Bowers. Um, but for me, I just, I don't like taking tight ends that high, man. I just overall period. That's just not my kind of thing. I would rather have, I'd rather trade the pick out and go get myself more established uh, tight end, like a McBride. Um, That's, that's what I would rather do. Uh, That's just my philosophy in the way I play face football. So, so yeah, I mean, the, it's so tough because it is because you're right. Like last year we drafted Dalton Kincaid eight or nine or whatever. And then you got Laporta later and that just so happened to work out. But I think it's going to be tougher to secure JT Sanders by the time that it actually comes down to it. He's going to fly up boards. I think, I think he's going to end up going two two to two, four by the time we're all really said and done with it. Yeah. And sure. If you can get somebody to trade up, and take a McBride plus for your 107, I probably would do that. But if you can't secure a tight end plus for seven and he fall and he goes to the Chargers, uh, if, I'll, t- I'll smash at Chargers. Yeah, yeah I'm just Chargers. so, but if Romo Dunze ends up at 10 to the Jets and you have to contend with the Garrett Wilson, that's true. My 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 problem is I would probably knock Rome to seven, but remember from part one is I'm still I would still be in on Rome at seven, 
Oh yeah. I'm I'm taking Rome no matter what within the top seven. No matter like I just think Rome is a a, a, a different ma- difference maker in a big way. And we know how it, it takes years for tight ends to become tight ends. We were lucky that we got Laporta last year. We didn't, you know, we we like Laporta because we knew that uh uh co- the coach in, in uh Detroit, I, I just he he's a tight end himself, and we love the fact that he was that was his tight end, right? We got a but, troll comment here, Brandon. We have to. Go he says, "No, I disagree. The worst sports fans of all time are Michael Jordan fans, <laughs> and that is so wrong because LeBron sucks compared to yeah. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's the goat, Ooh. goat of all time. It's not even close. The LeBronder bet is is fire this year. Will continue to be. He's old as shit now. You're talking about an old. I man hate LeBron. LeBron, LeBron sucks." Um, so Ugh. listen though, tight end number two, JT Sanders. Um, he, I wish he was thicker for his size. He's thick, yeah. six four, two fifty, but he actually looks more like Bigger. he's he's a two two twenty guy. You know, mm. uh, so I think it's because of the way he runs. I think yeah, he's fast. He's a galloping uh, gazelle, is what he is. Yeah. But the thing that I really like about him is that you are going to be able to get him later. So in a second round, if, if whatever I got to do to grab 201, 203, or 4, and maybe grab two of them to say I could come out with JT Sanders plus whatever I got, if I got too low, you know, 2-2 two, two to 2-4, two, and I ended up with JT Sanders, Sanders and somebody else there, like running backs we're going to talk about soon, then I love that. I'd, ra- I'd really go get that. And that's what I really like about JT Sanders is his value. The thing I also really like about him is that Texas seemed to scheme him in the screen game. And that is something that I think is unique because they have Xavier Worthy, they have A.D. Mitchell, and yet they're screening their tight end a lot. And they're also getting him open down the seam, down the middle in the post routes. And it means to me that he is a scheme fit tight end for a downfield stretching offense so if if he falls to the dolphins somewhere i'm just going to smash this guy at 2.1 i mean i love that and the dolphins need a tight end that can actually fit somewhere and this is going to be great now a lot of people have jt sanders to the Bengals, and and i don't necessarily love it because i don't know joe burrow to be be a great tight end guy in the NFL. He was at the college level, but I just think it's either maybe his tight ends haven't gotten open against that coverage, or maybe the scheme just doesn't fit the coverage uh, or doesn't fit the tight end very well. The tight ends have performed well on the NFL field in, in Cincinnati, but not necessarily on the fantasy field. So I just, it's just I, I like that. One question though. One question. Where would you put Sanders in the ranks of last year's class coming out as prospects? Just one question. Well, that's it's tough because you haven't seen Michael Mayer actually like really do in fantasy what you were kind of hoping for. What yeah. what I loved about Michael Mayer is the fact that he was a possession tight end like Gronk, but unless you're featured like Gronk, it seems to be that's a little tough. So we all knew that Laporta and Musgrave – they and well, we already knew Kincaid had this, but Laporta Musgrave, even Tucker Craft, I really like Tucker Craft coming out. Is that these guys were moved tight ends 
that could play in the open, you know, in open space a lot better than a than a Michael Mayer was. So Michael Mayer was picked for me purely on the fact that I knew that if he was bet on to be a possession guy, he's going to end up being a Friar Muth and, and somebody that if you actually targeted him, if he was actually part of your game plan, he was going to succeed. Seems like they haven't found out a way to work him in there. Also because their quarterback play had been really subpar. Dismal. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of tough, but JT Sanders, he's raw. He's a lot more raw of a prospect. So do I like him better than Michael Mayer? Um, I As probably, an athlete, I do. I pro yeah. yeah, I probably like them the same. But obviously, I did not have Laporta over Michael Mayer only because I thought Michael Mayer was a better inline guy. But Laporta has been schemed perfectly. And now you see it. Okay, great. That's why you kind of bet on some of these move guys because if they can get into the scheme that and they can be trusted, then they can be high-end assets. But right. – that's why I like JT Sanders. That's why I like Laporta is they're a move guy. If they get into the right scheme and they can become trusted, watch out. But Darnell yeah. Washington isn't that guy. And so stuff like that. So I would put him definitely. I I would obviously put Laporta. Uh, well, I'd still actually put Laporta too um, from last year's class. Even though I love, love, love Laporta, I still think that Dalton Kincaid can, if featured in the right way, can can be better right. than Laporta, but Laporta's high end, you're seeing it this year. And if he continues it, then he's absolutely number one, top two, top three dynasty tight ends. Um it's funny, it's it all comes down to how much they're going to be featured with all these with these tight ends. And that's my biggest beef with the position, is that that's why I don't want to take Brock that high because it's easier to predict a target share for a wide receiver going into an offense versus a tight end man because in tight end as a tight end it's it's rare to get an elite target share to make you get them into a top five tight end uh, position so that's that's where I, that's that's my conundrum with my philosophy is that i always lean wide when there's a tie break i lean wide receiver every time i i understand what you're saying the, yeah. What changes that is a little bit of draft capital, a little bit of landing spot. And I just think that the Chargers landing spot is it's so good. It's going to be good. Well, and it's also good because you see that sometimes they are off the field because of injury. And you've seen last year when that did happen, then he's, he just locks in on one guy, locks in on two guys with Eckler maybe, but Eckler fell back this year. I just think that they need that third guy. They really need that guy. I think that's going to help. And I think that Harbaugh will feature his tight ends. The Michigan tight end is not very good, um, was featured a little bit this year in the offense. You say that it was J.J. McCarthy, which maybe held back uh, held back the, the, the offense. But I just think that. I just think that in the NFL, it's a little different. What's it's your comp for J.J. McCarthy? Who's your comp? I don't really have a I don't really have a I can't put my thumb on it. I don't He's yeah. not Brock Purdy but he ha because he has better rushing upside and I don't think he's the passer that the yeah. secure passer Brock Purdy is but I would say he's he's like a little bit of Jordan Love with a little bit of Brock Purdy 
but but below those guys, you know, and with a little bit of golf, like you know what I mean. It's just it's just kind of he tough. does have some golf to him. So, <laughs> do you so have true. anything on tight end three? Because I no. I kind of do. I got a little bit on Go tight end it. three. Go for it, man. A lot of people don't. So this is guys you'll find in the third round. Um, if if you're a if if you're a Senior Bowl guy, then you saw Jaheim Bell. Jaheim Bell from Florida State seems to be the guy. Um. At three, he's not my three, but he seems to be the guy that most people will will take at three. Write this name down, Jaheim Bell. He is more like JT Sanders. He is absolutely a, a, a size, um, u- unique phenomenon. He's an athlete. He's just extra raw. I mean, yeah, so raw. But if you watch a Senior Bowl game, uh, you'll notice. I mean, he's he's there. He's getting open. Um, again, scheme him. Give him some touches, maybe, maybe, but um, you you might take a shot on him just because of the pure athlete he is. But my tight end three is Dolan Holker from Colorado State. Now, what's really cool about this guy, who's another Colorado State guy that you like, McBride, okay? So um, he's a real good hands catcher. He's got great concentration. He doesn't have... Uh, elite production, but none of these guys really do coming out of that smaller school. I mean, some guys do, but not a possession tight end. He isn't going to be that. Um, possession tight ends are really, really great at the in, in for real NFL. It's what keeps him on the field. Um, he doesn't have elite speed, but if you go and watch his tape over the middle and down the seam, he gets open and a lot. I mean, now it's against weaker competition, but that doesn't change the way he attacks the football. He reminds me a lot of Tyler Higby, um, but not really as an inline blocking tight end. But I think that he can be somebody that is is utilized in that area, but more of a shed and go, you know, uh, just a chippy, chippy inline guy. But he's going out. Um, He's got upside to grow as an inline blocker. He looks a lot like Hawkinson if you watch him. And and please do. Go put on the tape of Dolan Holker from Colorado State. Definitely and you will. know that it has been a tight end factory a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and it's just like Iowa where they, they at Colorado State, they run a really great scheme for their tight ends because that is how good football is played. Uh, the, the tight end is featured in your passing offense. Good football is being played. It's simple. Simple as that. When you have no tight ends in your in your game, you're the Seattle Seahawks, where they're purely outlet guys, but then those tight ends may move on to another team, be featured, and then all of a sudden you see where they're really at um, and who they really are. Um, I don't want to knock him for not being the typical size, but at the tight end position, you see, I mean, give opportunity to a tight end, and he's tight end seven. You know, tight end eight, right? In in fantasy. In the third round, I'm absolutely taking a shot on Dolan Holker. And please, after this, go throw on just a highlight tape of him. And and Brandon, especially you, because we you could text me. Uh text me, right? The second you leave, go put on some tape of him and tell me that you actually really don't 
love this guy, <laughs> you know, the way he is. So that will be the end of it here. We gave you almost a top four tight ends there. We will come back with part three, which is our running backs. And then once we're done with this three-part session, which we didn't imagine being a three-part session, then we'll actually start to dive into a little bit of these guys that are are uh, not being mentioned or at least not being mentioned as much. Uh, quick yeah, to maybe. end the podcast, Brandon, do you want to tell me a guy just what, just like we did last time, maybe one guy of the people that we talked about that you, that you like, not necessarily sleeper, but just guys that we're going to talk about down the road as we got through the, the bulk of this class, a guy you like maybe of the positions that we talked about. Uh, Roman Wilson is rising. Um, Roman Wilson lit up the senior bowl, like no other, um, the guy can separate. He's got some dog to him. Um, complete route runner. I'm, I'm going to throw in some more JJ McCarthy tape. I gotta, I gotta see some more. Um, and it, a lot of Roman Wilson pops up when you do. So that's a guy I kind of like, uh, also, well, I'm going to see, I'm going to keep this next name for the for our running backs. Yes. So, so my guy that I, I will continue to pound the table for, and I've been doing it a long time is Spencer Rattler. Okay. okay. Not a somewhat of a faller all week at senior bowl, because when th this guy's a gamer, man, he, I don't care that he's, he's, you know, he is absolutely drew lock. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Drew lock got a, a chance to start. Didn't, didn't work out for him. Spencer Rattler, give him a chance to start, see what can happen with him. I'll take a Sam Howell uh, as, as Spencer Rattler. He was the MVP. He had gotten shit on all senior bowl, gotten shit on, because obviously yeah. Bo Nix and Michael Penix are right there. So, yeah, yeah, is he those guys? No, he's not. Throw him in the game, launches a fucking touchdown, ends up being MVP, out there for two series, makes MVP because the guy's a fucking gamer, okay? Hey, I, like I want like him that. I yeah. want him as a Seahawk. He is undersized. He is Ooh. Bryce Young. Uh, he's light, Bryce Young light, because he's he's as he's Bryce Young's size, but he's not, he's, he's not the mind Bryce Young is. That's why Bryce Young didn't do well this year is because he didn't take chances, in my opinion. Spencer Rattler will take every chance, even if it comes up as a negative for him. And I, and I really like that. And I really, really like that. I've been talking about Spencer Rattler for a long time. Every time yeah, you put on Spencer Rattler like tape, you love it. Every time you see him in a game, you love it. You may not like it on the practice field. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you, Brandon Adam. Appreciate you. I am flex Matt. We are the DFS army fantasy football Show, we are still getting trolled. I don't care. Fuck LeBron. See you guys later. <laughs> <laughs>